Today's reading is Matthew 11:25 to 30. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, can I add my welcome to Mark's if you've joined us since the beginning of the service? I don't know about you, but I'm feeling pretty weary right now. I suspect I'm not the only one here who's counting down the hours until recess begins. Life sometimes feels like we're on a never-ending treadmill, doesn't it? The intensity of parliamentary life, the ongoing political uncertainty that goes on and on, the grind of the daily or weekly commute, the constant juggling, it so easily wears us down. And so often our weariness isn't simply a feeling of physical exhaustion that can be fixed by a weekend break or summer holiday. It's much deeper, a soul weariness, perhaps driven by the need to prove ourselves or to make a success of life. Maybe it's a fear of failing or disappointing others, or simply a dissatisfaction with how life has turned out. How easily are we weighed down by guilt, anxiety, regret, emotional heartbreak and the consequences of sin? We may even be crushed by religion as we desperately try to match up to God's standards, to be a good Christian. This was certainly the problem of the religious leaders in Matthew's Gospel, who were adding a long list of religious requirements in their attempt to keep God's law. And even if we're not trying to live up to God's standards, then our own can be pretty demanding, can't they? We may not have even given it much thought or be willing to admit it, but within all of us, there is a restlessness that can feel burdensome at times. And it is into this that Jesus offers this well-known invitation. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. In this invitation, Jesus calls us to three things. He calls us to himself, he offers us true rest, and he invites us to take up his yoke. So firstly, Jesus calls us to himself. The simplicity of Jesus' promise here is striking, isn't it? As one writer put it, Jesus doesn't offer us a full, full path to peace-giving enlightenment, like the Buddha. 
He doesn't give us five pillars of peace and submission, as Islam does. Nor does he give us ten ways to relieve your weariness, which we pragmatic, self-help-orientated Brits are so often drawn to. Instead, Jesus, Jesus offers himself as the universal solution to all that burdens us. And his simple solution is an audacious and bold claim, come to me. But how is he able to say this? Well, we see from verse 27 that he is claiming nothing less than to be divine and to have the authority of God. He's saying if we go to him, we're actually going to God himself. In fact, he's saying that he's the only way to know God, the source of true rest. So what does coming to Jesus mean? Well, when we read the context, his meaning becomes very clear. Earlier in chapter 11, Jesus rebukes the cities and religious leaders who refused to believe in him despite seeing his miracles. When Jesus says, come to me, he means believe in who I claim to be and therefore what I'm able to do for you. And yet Jesus makes it very clear that not everyone will accept his call and belief. The so-called wise of the time were convinced that they didn't need Jesus and refused to acknowledge who he was. They were very happy relying on themselves. This led Jesus to hide the way from them in verse 25. And similarly, many of the so-called wise of our generation draw similar conclusions. So we shouldn't be surprised when Jesus hides the way from them too. In contrast, Jesus delights in revealing himself to those who come like little children, literally babies. My oldest friend Anna has just had the most gorgeous baby daughter, Illy. I've just received a photo and she's properly cute, rather than that, that cute in the eyes of parents cute. Anyway, Illy is utterly dependent on her mum for everything and it would be mad for her to try to go it alone. And it is equally just as absurd for us to think we don't need Jesus or that we can contribute anything. Coming to him requires us to accept our utter dependence on him and that only he can meet our needs. And here is where our weary souls are put to the test. Will we come to him? Will we believe in him? Will we accept our need for Jesus and therefore his incredible offer of rest? So secondly, Jesus offers us rest. So what does he mean when he offers us rest? Well, when I idolise rest, I often picture myself lying by a beautiful swimming pool, sun shining, pina colada in hand, and yet Jesus isn't talking about physical rest here. The rest that Jesus offers is so much deeper than this. It is a soul-satisfying rest, a rest which meets the deepest longings of our heart, a rest that brings an end to the crushing burdens we carry. It's a rest from the condemnation of sin that we're all under. 
In the same way that our bodies need deep REM sleep to function well, our souls need spiritual REM rest to thrive. And this is a rest that is only found through a relationship with Jesus. It is a rest that is found by coming regularly to him with our burdens and sin and concern, entrusting them to him, knowing that he can deal with what we can't. And if we've accepted Jesus' call to come to him, we can experience this rest right now. And yet, we won't enjoy complete final rest until the new creation. This life is rather like an aperitif preparing us for the delicious meal ahead. So when things feel hard, we need to remember that this life isn't it. As Hebrews 4 says, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God, a rest which is found in heaven. It is a rest where everything will be redeemed and God will no longer live, and God will again, in fact, live with his people. A rest where we will no longer be afraid or face disappointment or anxiety. A rest where we will no longer have to deal with ill health, failing bodies and death. A rest where our work will be glorifying and pleasing. No more mundane tasks, mugs that need washing up or demanding colleagues. Even our leisure will be redeemed. Imagine being able to run a marathon without pain. Our relationships will be fully satisfying too. Our conversations won't involve power play, gossip or slander. Instead, we will be restored to the perfection for which God created us. How wonderful and restful is that? So lastly, Jesus invites us to put on his yoke. So if Jesus has promised us rest, why does he go on to tell us to put on his yoke? I mean, up to this point, it was sounding all so good, wasn't it? But maybe this is the small print or the hidden terms and conditions. Well, for those of us who aren't farming experts, a yoke is a horizontal wooden bar laid on the neck of oxen for doing the work of pulling heavy loads. So the question is, is Jesus offering us work or rest? Jesus answers this question in John chapter 6, verse 29. He says, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. When Jesus offers us his yoke, he is offering us a yoke exchange, literally a swap of yokes. At the cross, Jesus takes our heavy yoke of sin's penalty and in exchange he offers the light, us the light burden of trusting him. He does all the work of living the perfect life under God's law for us and in exchange he offers us rest. The only work that is required of us is to come to him and believe, to rest in his work rather than in our good works. And if we continue on with our farming analogy for a moment, typically an older oxen would be yoked to a younger oxen so that the younger ox could learn from the older one, while the stronger one would lead and carry most of the weight. In the same way, when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you 
and learn from me. He's offering to lead us, to walk alongside us and to teach us. He is asking us to keep in step with him, following his lead and walking his way. This means we can't just come to him on a Sunday or pick and choose when we put his yoke on. We're invited into a lifetime of learning with him. We may think, I don't want to be yoked. Surely this is just trading one set of burdens for another. But in reality, we are all yoked to something. The yoke of the religious leaders at the time was the yoke of self-righteousness and legalistic law-keeping. For us, it might be a yoke of perfectionism or a need to gain people's approval. Equally, it might be the yoke of needing to find fulfilment in a relationship or work or some other area of our life, which is also enslaving. Whereas the yoke Jesus offers is freeing. Jesus is gentle and humble in heart, so we have nothing to fear from being yoked to him. He is a patient master who doesn't expect overnight results. He knows that we will make mistakes along the way, and he lays upon us an easy yoke and a light burden. In the same way that a carpenter makes many different sized yokes to fit different oxen, Jesus' yoke is individually designed and shaped perfectly to fit each of us. Jesus' yoke for me is unique and different from Mark's or Katie's or Elaine's or even yours. All he asks of us is to be his disciple, submitting our lives to following him. So as we finish, can I ask you, do you know the rest that Jesus offers? If you're here and have never accepted Jesus' wonderful invitation, it's worth asking yourself, what's stopping you? Could you be in danger of being like the wise at the time, assuming you don't need him and can work things out for yourself? Can I urge you to pay attention to Jesus' warning? that he will hide his rest from the self-reliant. Will you come to him today? And yet for many of us here, we have accepted the invitation to come. And yet we still don't always enjoy the rest that Jesus offers. We may have fallen back into the trap of relying on our own works or have re-yoked ourselves to the things that crushed us in the past. If this is you, can I remind you that Jesus doesn't need you or expect more from you than you can manage. His yoke for you is perfectly tailored to you and his message is very simple. He asks nothing of you except to come to him. And coming to him will never be a one-off. We all need to come back to the cross daily, regularly handing over the struggles that we so easily pick up and burden ourselves with again and again. Will you do this again today? And let's be encouraged that whilst we get to taste what true rest is like now, a better rest is still to come. We wait in anticipation for Christ's return when we will get to fully enjoy rest with him in the new heavens and new earth. Why don't we turn to pray now? Heavenly Father, Thank you for the wonderful invitation to come to you and your amazing offer of true rest for our souls.
both now and for eternity. Give all of us a willingness to lay down the burden of our sin and struggles at the cross and to trust you instead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.